There's a famous saying from the founder of communism, Karl Marx. He once said that religion is the opiate of the masses, basically meaning that in order to get through the difficult things of this life, we have to sort of like create this imaginary system to basically make life livable, that we have to pretend that there's some heaven out there in order for things to be okay now. Well, the best response I've ever heard to that is that obviously it's completely wrong. If I believed it was right, I wouldn't be dressed like this right now. But the, the good answer to that is that actually it's not religion that's the opiate of the masses, it's atheism. That ultimately it's thinking that our life in this world ultimately has no meaning. That no matter what we do really just is kind of like random stuff happening, you know, just to random actors in a random sort of way until we all die and everything just kind of gets wrapped up, right? So obviously we know that there is meaning. We know that what we do in this life, what we believe, how we pray, who we are, speaks on into eternity. That ultimately the way that we live, the decisions that we make, who we want to become, ultimately does matter. And that we decide right now how we want to live on into eternity. Now we live in a fallen world. We know that there are plenty of difficulties and hardships and all sorts of things are coming at us all the time. But the way that we react to them you know, does have a consequence. And we know that in the way that things play out even in just a, a temporal, in, in this sort of time and space sort of way of speaking. For example, just kind of a crude metaphor. So when I was younger, when I was early on in grade school, let's say like the fifth grade, my mom signed me up for guitar lessons. And I'll be real honest with you, I was not diligent about practicing. I learned part of one particular song, one of my favorites, Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. I learned the part that goes, duh, and that's as far as I got. And now, if you wanted me to play the guitar, that's all I could do, right? I didn't follow through on it. I'm no guitar player. I don't have the freedom to play the guitar. I never invested in that. I didn't spend any time with it at all. And so now I don't have the freedom to pick up a guitar and play with it. It has a consequence. I didn't follow through on the practice. I can't play the guitar. And so when you think about the way that we live our moral lives, the way that we choose to love, the way that we choose to invest our time, who we are, it speaks on into eternity. Now, thanks be to God, it's not as though we're not Pelagian. That's a, an old heresy that a guy called Pelagius, that's why it's called Pelagianism. What he taught was basically, you know, we like pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. We do this ourselves. We know that we can't just do it all ourselves, right? We know that by the grace of God, he is with us and wants us to ultimately have the freedom to be fulfilled, to be what we've been called to be. And this beautiful gospel that we all know so well, right? We know the Beatitudes. We've heard them many, many times. But even just to look at the way that it begins shows us so much about what we have going for us. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. So the fact of the matter is, the Son of God has become one of us, is in the midst of all of this with us, leads us up the mountain. He's 
moving us along, not just letting us stay down in the valley of where we are, but leading us on, sitting down in our midst to teach us, to show us the way to become what we've been called to be. We sang a line in that beautiful opening hymn, you know, saints who set their world ablaze, following the imitation of Christ, following the fact that the Son of God has become one of us, we have the opportunity in as many distinct ways as there are people in this church right now to set the world ablaze, to live in a virtuous way, to bring the love of God, Christ who's in our midst, who sits down to teach us that in the ways that he's given us, the characteristics he's given us to set our world ablaze. We also have the opportunity or the decision, so to speak, to do it in the opposite way. I'll tell you this, this has happened a lot lately. Somebody keeps taking my name, turning it into a different Gmail account, going on the website and finding every email possible, emailing people and telling them that I need iTunes gift cards to take to the sick, right? Just so you know, I don't, all right? I never will ask anybody, especially via email, if you know me, I don't return emails. I'm terrible at it, all right? Something that I need to be purified of so that one day, God willing, I can go to heaven. But... Just know that, okay, so someone is doing that, right? Falsely impersonating a priest, and it's happening all over the diocese. It's happened to Bishop Jugas. It's happening all over the place. Emailing people, telling them you need to send me these iTunes gift cards so I can do this. And I heard someone say at our Catholic Charities board meeting not too long ago because her mother-in-law got scammed in this way and they fell for it. She said there's a special place in hell for people who do that, right? So the thing is, why would she say that? Because our actions have eternal consequences. Now, I hope the guy doesn't go to hell, right? I mean, I hope he repents. I hope things change and all of that. But the thing is, it's atheism that's the opiate of the masses to think that what's going on right now has no eternal consequences. What we celebrate tonight, tomorrow, this great day of the solemnity of all saints, is that men and women, just like you and me, have lived in this valley of tears, as we say in the Hail Holy Queen. And they've managed to stay close to Christ, even in the midst of mourning, being poor, of being persecuted for the sake of righteousness, of being insulted for the sake of Christ. And in the midst of all of those attacks, all of those difficulties, all of those hardships, they stayed with him. And in the midst of staying with him in all of the slings and the arrows that come in this life, they found eternal happiness with him. Now, there may have needed to be some purification. Maybe in the midst of being insulted for the sake of Christ, they might have gotten overboard sometimes in zealousness and taking people out in a bad way. I don't know. But ultimately, their hearts desired to be on that train of virtue, of knowing that all that we do in this life does have eternal consequences. And as long as we stay close to our Lord who loves us, who wants us to have the freedom and the joy to be fully in with him in heaven. I used that example this past Sunday of, you know, pretend that, you know, I want to play for the NBA, that I'm not ready for that, right? Like I would need to go, I need a lot, but you know, I'm not ready for it yet. We know in this life too, we may not be ready for that virtue, but we celebrate tonight that it's possible. That by the very grace of God, we can find the fulfillment of all desire. To continue to go up and in and to recognize that when we speak of heaven, 
it's not just a mere passing fancy. It's not just the eternal, you know, Vegas buffet, you know, that we fill our stomachs and hurry. I mean, no, it's so much more than that. The fulfillment of all desire, the fulfillment of the virtues that we strive for, of knowing that goodness can be everything about us and that we see the face of God and to be with him for all eternity. The thing that's so hard to preach about heaven is I haven't been there yet. I don't know, right? You know, we begin to experience certain things when we stay close to him, when the rewards of our virtue start to play off, you know? Like, I wish I would have learned to play the guitar. I don't, I don't know what the joys of playing a full song are like. I will say this, though. I've been praying the rosary daily for probably the last six years, I think, at this point. I wish, I mean, I've been a priest for almost 10. I've been in this, you know, I joined the seminary in 15. I've been praying the rosary every day. I wish I could tell you that I have. But it hit me the other night when I hadn't gotten to pray my rosary, and it was like 9 o'clock, and I went out on the back porch, and I was praying it, and it occurred to me, this isn't a struggle. I'm okay now. Like, there was a time when trying to pray the rosary, when I didn't get to pray until 9 o'clock at night, was like, I don't know, like kneeling on sandpaper and, you know, then, or, you know, getting sandpaper on my knees and kneeling and rubbing alcohol. It was hard. You know, it was a really difficult thing. All of a sudden, it's like, I enjoy this. I love this. This is an opportunity to be in communion with God with the help of our Blessed Mother and meditating on the mysteries and praying about all of you and thinking about the parish and all these things. All of a sudden, it's like, this is good. This is exciting. And I'm on my back porch praying. I had a beer too, okay? But I'm praying the rosary and enjoying it and loving our Lord. And there's the thing. We recognize that what we do does speak into eternity. If we know we're on the wrong track, we got to know, I mean, the confessional is important. That our, our actions do have consequences. But the beautiful thing is, is that God doesn't abandon us. That he's with us to help us to move in the right direction. When you think about this, to think about, you know, once we are God willing in heaven and can look back on all this, you know, back into time and the way that everything mixed and what had to go right for us to go in this way and that to help me to make this decision and all of this, it's incredible. And that's what we celebrate. The fact that life really and truly is an exciting thing and that it doesn't just end here. That we're not just experiencing some stupid opium that just kind of passes away. But rather, what we do here, what our Lord has given us, is real and true reality. And we celebrate all those who have gone before us. All those great men and women. Countless of whom we don't even know their name. But are praying for us and want us to be with them. Who know that what we do now has eternal consequences and that Jesus Christ himself is here to help us every step of the way. Thanks be to God for the fact that we have a goal, that all of this has meaning. And with the help of the saints, may we celebrate that meaning, the joy and the love of God that will be the fulfillment of all things. And may we all be there one day with him forever in heaven. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now. <laughs>